Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Burley Martin. Thank you guys for joining in on my morning podcast. Today, I'm going to be teaching again for my book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues. Thank you all again for joining in. This is where you can find me on my morning 9 a.m. I'm running behind today. My morning 9 a.m. podcast. Um. Biblical, Arthur Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles for Daily Living. You guys can follow us on Spotify also. Make sure you, um, when you do the search, you put Arthur Pearlie Martin in there and then you hit follow so you can follow my page and know when I come on live here. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to start it off with a prayer. Um, also, if you guys like to leave a prayer request on my page, hit message. And when you do go to my page, scroll down because underneath is all the uh, podcasts that we've done so far and and be sure to share um so we're gonna join in on uh, we're gonna pray real quick father we just thank you for being in the midst of us right now lord god you said we're two or three are joined together there you are in the midst of us lord god and father god we just thank you that your word will not return unto us void father and we ask that you give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what the spirit of the living god is saying to us again today lord god and we just give you the glory and we thank you that your word it will not return void father god and we thank you for giving us wisdom um to know how to do the word that's getting ready to come forth lord god uh, for you told us we can ask for it and you would give it to us and Father God, we just thank you that our hearts are open to your word because hungry hearts attract God. And we thank you, Father, that you are attracted to us and we are attracted to you. And you're sitting right here. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you teach through me as I open my mouth. And we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we're going to teach about understanding temptation. Um, where does it come from? Where does temptation come from? What's the deal? Where does it come from? And um, what starts it? Well, we're going to come from James 1 and 14. Um, James 1 and 14 NLT, it tells us, Temptation comes from our own evil desires, which entice us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So I like to say uh, the devil is tempting us with what's already inside of us. It says that temptation comes from our own O-W-N desires, which entice us. And then it drags us away. So the devil is tempting us with what's already inside of us. How about that? The devil is tempting us with what's already inside of us. And so um, we're going to look at a few stories here in a little bit, but I want to stick with this just for a minute. So how do we change our desires? How do we change our evil desires? Because we were born into sin. So those evil desires are coming out of our sinful nature, that abdominal nature. So that's why we have to be born again. It's already in us. It comes, it's manifested through the works of our flesh mentioned in Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21. Um, so it's, it's in us, the, the fornication, the lust of the flesh, lust of the, all this stuff is already in our flesh nature. So how do we change our desires? Um, 
first of all, when God, we become born again, God gave us his heart filled with his desires. So we have, we have the spirit of God on the inside of us. This is why our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. And that's what's causing all the warfare and the turmoil on the inside of us. This is why we have to be patient with ourselves and patience with others as we grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. Because growth, spiritual growth is a process the same way natural growth is. You don't get frustrated at your kids because they don't wake up one day and they're five feet tall and they're only two years old. You understand that you have to be patient with people as they grow. Love is love is patient. It's long-suffering. Okay, and um, out of all the fruits of the Spirit, the main fruit that the Word talks about all the time is patience. Let patience have its perfect work. You'll be entire, mature, wanting, and liking nothing. Let uh, let tribulations, tribulations work patience, and patience produce character. Uh, you know, let patience have its perfect work. Tribulations produce uh, patience, and patience produce character. So we have to allow patience to work. We have to be patient with each other as we go through this process. Let's make sure that we're there uh, encouraging one another and cheering each other on. And that's why teaching is so important because God says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge in the book of Job. So what we don't know really is hurting us. So we're going to um, give dive into here today about underst- overcoming temptations to see if we can destroy if we can shut some of the, if we can shut some of these doors. So where does temptation comes from? It comes when we are drawn away by our own evil desires. Then we're enticed and then we give birth to sin. Right? And he's tempting us with, with sin. So let's not make any provisions. The Bible tells us not to make any provisions for our flesh. What are you talking about? In other words, since the devil is tempting us with what's already inside of us, in other words, don't if you have a problem with overeating, I mean with chocolate, then don't go in the aisle with the candy, you know, with sugar or whatever I'm just saying. That's how we making temptations for our flesh. If we're having problems with sexual morality, then let's not put ourselves in that position where we're tempted, to, you know, our body's going to burn or what he he tells us if your eyes cause you to sin pluck it out if your hands cause you to sin cut it off what is he saying he's not saying pluck your physical eye out he's saying quit looking at it if your hands is causing you to steal quit touching it quit doing things that's going to cause our body uh, make provisions for our body to sin if you have a problem with shopping uh, don't go window shopping you know uh, we have to train our flesh the same way we train our children that we're trying to train our children not to do stuff not to say stuff that's the same way the Holy God wants us to train our flesh. We must crucify our flesh daily, the Apostle Paul says. We have to crucify our flesh daily. So we change as we begin to delight ourselves in the Lord, the Bible tells us that He God will give us the desires of our heart. Why is this? Because as we begin to delight ourselves in the Lord, guess what's going to happen? Our desires are going to become God's desires. Right? Because God is not going to give us no evil desires. So the, uh, the devil is tempting us with what's already inside of us. Psalms uh, 37, he talks about delighting ourselves in the Lord and how he would give us the desires of our heart. So um, the devil is tempting us with what's already inside of us. So the way we're gonna, one way we're going to change our desires is by delighting ourselves in the Lord. Because when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he says he's going to give us the desire of our heart. John also tells us, Jesus said, if you say that you have uh, you have fellowship with me, 
but then you still walk in the dark, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. So uh, to come fellowshipping with the Lord, when we fellowship with the Lord, because the fellowship with the Lord, that means relationship, relationship, relationship. That means when we're spending time with God, that's going to cause us to fall more in love with God, right? As you spend time with him, because our obedience to God comes out of our love for God. Remember, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Right. So there's no condemnation. We just got to spend more time loving God like God loves us, because when you love people, you want to please them. We know this. We know this. Some people love their children so much. I mean, they'll jump over the moon and do everything to make sure that they have what they need. Well, the Bible says that the same way a father has compassion on his children is the same way our heavenly father has compassion on his children. Right. So that so uh, we have everything starts with the love relationship. With our Heavenly Father. So, we want to, uh, temptation comes, the devil is tempting us with what's already inside of us. I'm just kind of summarizing some stuff. So, we want to change the desires of our heart um, by delighting ourselves in the Lord. And um, we definitely, like I said, got to spend more time with Him. Delighting ourselves in the Lord is spending time with Him through praise, uh, praise, prayer, worship and definitely the word because God in, in his word is one. So um, really think about it. If you don't spend time with a person, you begin to grow away. You know, you guys begin to grow apart. You know, you've had friendships and you say, well, I don't know what happened. I mean, we never became enemies or anything. It's like we just kind of grew apart. Why? Because when you quit communicating with the person and you quit fellowshipping with someone, you will tend to grow apart. And that's the same way with God. When we quit spending time in his word and we quit spending time worshiping and we quit spending time delighting ourselves in him, uh, we tend to grow apart. So what causes us to grow apart from the Lord? Well, the Bible tells us 1 John 2 and 15 tells us that. Glad you asked. 2, 15 through 17, if you keep the notes. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. The Bible tells us, he said, in other words, what caused us to lose our fire for God? What caused us to lose our desire for God? What caused us to lose our hunger for the things of God? Here's your answer. This is one of your answers. First John 2, 15 through 17 says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. That's the lust of the flesh. A craving for everything we see, that's the lust of the eyes, and pride in our achievements and possessions. That's the pride of life, right? Those are the three temptations of Christ. Those are the three temptations that Christ overcame. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the three things. These are the things that the devil is using uh, to put in place of our relationship and our time and our love for God. Now God has given us this good job and now we don't have time for the God who gave us a job. There's no condemnation because guess what? Today is a new day and we're going to fix those things that we didn't know yesterday. God knows what we know and what we don't know. But this is how the devil is stealing our fire for God. This is how the devil is stealing our desire for the things of God. He's using the things of the world. So we're going to go on um, to verse uh Let's go back to verse 16. First John 2, 16. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, remember, lust of the flesh, a craving for everything we see, lust of the eyes, 
and pride in our achievements and possessions, pride of life. If we look at the King James Version, it's going to say lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I'm reading from the NLT Version. But these are the things that the world offers. These are the things. So it's like I always keep saying, um, when we're when we lose our love for the W-O-R-D is because we've been drawn away by the things of the W-O-R-L-D, the things of the world, okay? And so 17, uh, we keep on going down with that verse, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. Then it goes on to say, these are not from the Father, but they're from the, this world. These are the things that the devil is using. These are the gateways that he could gain access into our lives through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. If we'll look at our lives, every time we commit a sin, it's coming through one of those three doors. It's not a, t- a sin to be tempted, but it is a sin to give in to temptation. Jesus overcame the temptations. So he knows what it feels like to be tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He never did it. But there's no temptation which is com- not common unto man. That's how what that means. Jesus knows what that is common to him. Excuse me. It's common to him. He's familiar with that. He knows what that feels like. He knows what it feels like to be tempted by the lust of the flesh. Lust of, why? Because he had to endure this temptation when he was in the garden. Right? And when he was tempted, when he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. That's when Jesus had to endure the temptation. We're getting ready to go there next. But we're going to finish this here. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. I pray you guys are taking notes. Please go back and read this and look at your life and see which doors. These are the doorways. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and pride of life. These things, when, when the devil can gain access into our life, these are the things that the enemy used to draw us away from God. If we have lost our, when we lose our fire for God, it's because we are desiring the things of the world. And whatever takes the place of God in our lives become the God of our lives. So with the cares of the world, remember about the parable of the sower, how does he steal the word? He steal the word through the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, the parable of the sower in Matthews. This is how the devil is gaining access into our lives. This is how he's stealing our attention. If the devil can get our attention off of Christ, then he can put our attention on the world, on the things of the world. And when we take our attention off of Christ and we start looking at the things of the world, our desires change. We begin to backslide at heart. See, going through the motions is you know, we got people in church that's backslidden. We got people on usher boards. We got people in the choir. We got people ministering in the front of the pulpit that's backslidden. <laughs> you say, how is this? Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. This is why God never tell us you'll know them by their gifting. Why? Because the gifting comes from him. Remember when the disciples cast out the devils and they came to Jesus and they was really excited? And Jesus said, you don't need to be excited about the devils being cast out. What you need to be excited about is that your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. Why? Because those demons are being cast out by the Spirit of God. But when when the fruits of the Spirit, that's on us. That's the characteristics of Christ. Remember, God used a donkey. so And he said he'll make the rocks cry out if we won't praise him. So anything God can use, he can create it, he can command. So we yield our members to the Lord. He can use us. If we yield our members to unrighteousness, he can use us too. So I, I didn't mean to get off subject there, but what I'm saying is 
Uh, when we lose our desire for the things of God, I'm telling you, if you have lost your hunger for the word of God, for the things of God, it's because the, the things of the world has got your attention. Satan wants us to worry. This is why God tells us, cast your cares upon me because I don't want you to worry. Everything that devil, the devil is complete opposite to who God is. This is why Jesus said, uh, for this purpose was the son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. What is the works of the devil? He wants to steal. He wants to steal. John 10, 10 tells us he wants to steal. How does he, what is it he wants to steal? He wants to steal the word of God. God and his word is one. If he can steal the word, he can kill our vision because the next thing he wants to do is to kill, right? Everything Jesus says, he says in order for a reason. God never just say stuff just to say it. So he's strategic in everything he do. So he said, John 10, 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. He said, but it's the thief that cometh not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. So what does the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy? He wants to steal the word because without the word, we can't have faith. If he can, without the word, he can kill our vision. He can kill our dreams. He can kill us all spiritually. You know, because on the inside, we could just be dead, like with dead man bones and just still going through the motions. Are any of you going through the motions? There's no condemnation because today God is going to fix this because today is another day and God is going to grace us to do whatever it is he's called us to do. The devil wants to shame us and condemn us. Jesus said, where are those that condemn you? He said, I didn't come to condemn you either, the woman that was caught in adultery, but go. And sin no more. Don't keep doing this. Now that you know it's wrong, now when we know better, God wants us to do better. Because then he goes on to say, he that knoweth to do good and do it not for now is for him is sin. Now that I have knowledge of the truth, we're responsible for the truth that we know. So now today we're sitting here in his presence. The Holy Spirit is here. He see all. He knows all. He, he can testify to those that are hearing his word. Now we're responsible for doing this word that we know. It's not enough just to know a bunch of scriptures. God wants us to know how to do the word of God. For the word of God is our weapon of warfare, right? So Jesus didn't even say you'll know them by how well they preach, teach, how often they go to church, their position in the church, how nice they look on the outside, how eloquent they are, how charismatic they are. He didn't say any of that. He said, you're going to know them by their fruit. Why is this? Because the devil can know the word, but the devil can't live the word. That's why I'm not, I'm not impressed by how, how well-versed a person is and all that kind of stuff, the charisma. That, I'm not, not impressed by that. Jesus said we're supposed to know them by their fruit. The fruit, the love that we have one for another. That's the greatest. The great God's greatest commandment is that we love the Lord that God with all our heart and our mind, that we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Because everything we do has to come out of love. But I'm getting ready to get back on this. Okay, so First uh, John 2, 15 through 17. Remember? Okay, this is talking about the love of the world. This is what takes us away from the things of God. But these are these are the three temptations of Christ. These are three temptations that he endured in the, in the garden. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Okay, and, the Bible, and it tells us here in 16, 1 John 2, 16, that these are not from the Father, but from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. 
See, the only thing that's going to last is what we do for Jesus Christ. You, you see what it says here? It says everything that people crave. We're desiring these things. To crave something is to desire it. So he's telling us, love not the world, nor the things of the world. Because when we love the world, it's going to push the love of the Father out. Okay? And so we're going to read this in 17. It says, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. See, the only thing that's going to last is what we do for Jesus Christ. So the Bible tells us, he said, whatever we do in word or deed, we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Everything is as unto the Lord. Because whatever we do outside of faith and whatever we do outside of love and whatever we do outside of God, all that labor is in vain. God looks at the inside. Man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. So this is why we've lost our desire for God. When we start craving the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, we lose our fire for the things of God. So if you lost your fire for the, the word of God, for the things of God, you're just dead on the inside. Um, you're just designed, just living a carnal lifestyle. You know, you can still be going to church. Don't equate going to a building as be having, being in fellowship or having a relationship with Christ. Jesus said, you worship me. God said, you worship me with your lips. But your heart, we can worship him with our lips and our heart still be far from him. Why? Because on the inside, when our heart is not craving and desiring the things of God, it's craving and desiring the things of the world. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. That's the love of the world. Because when we love those things, then it pushes out our love for God. There's no condemnation. Stick with me because we're going to come out of this. Because the devil is a liar. How many of you know that the word of God is the power of God under salvation? And God's truth is getting ready to shine some light into this area. And it's going to liberate us and set us free. So we can stand on guard at our own gates. Because these are the doors right here. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes of pride. The devil is coming to steal the word. He wants to steal it through the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. He wants us. Many have pierced their souls. Many believers have departed from the faith and pierced their souls with many sorrows, chasing behind riches, the Bible says. Because how many of you know that money has a voice? The devil is the voice behind money. If I just had more money, then I'd be happy. If I can meet a man with money and marry him, I'll be better off. You know, that's the deceitfulness when money gives you the false pretense that if you had more of it, if things would be better, that's the deceitfulness of riches. Because God said, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and, and um, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things and all these other things that be added unto us. Why? Because the provisions of God is in the will of God. And when we get in the, God wants us to be in pursuit of him, not in pursuit of the things of the world. Because when we become, get in pursuit of the things of the world, it's going to take us away from the W-O-R-D. It's going to take us off of him. God and his word is one. So when we don't have time for God, who gave us the job, when we don't have time for God, the, you know, the one that's breathing his breath through us, when we don't have time for God, the one that gives us the strength to move for in him, we live, move, and have our being. Listen, hold on, stay right here. There's no condemnation because I'm finna tell you. The word of God is the power of God and who the sun set free is free indeed. Hold on, stay in this podcast because you got, we're finna get delivered today. So these are the three temptations of Christ. These are the three doors. 
Okay, so we know now what the devil is doing to cause us to lose our hunger. God is attracted to hunger. God is attracted to hungry people. And even while I'm reading these, writing these Bible study guides, he's leading me to people that's hungry. I'm giving away a lot of books. He's leading me to people that are hungry. Why? Because God feeds hungry people. Reason some of us aren't getting revelation knowledge and reason we're not, when we're getting in the word, we're not getting anything from it. Maybe it's because we're not hungry. Let's not do things from a religious point of view. You can study the Bible from a religious point of view, just so you can say, I did my duties for today. Just so I can say, I did my duties for today. Let's make sure we don't get in religion. Let's make sure we stay in relationship and make sure that everything that we do in word or deed, we're doing it as unto the Lord or because the Lord told us to do it. Because anything done outside of faith is sin. How many of you know that? Let's not get into religious works. The Pharisees and Sadducees was in religious works. They prayed. They did. They were just so self-righteous. When we approach the word of God, we're looking for something. He says, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. This is the Bible, understanding your own issues. What are you looking for when you approach the word of God? You're looking for you. We have to see ourselves in the text. What are my issues? Lord, I want to be more like you. We're not being sin conscious, but we are taking off stuff and putting on stuff. We're trying to put on the mind of Christ. The Bible tells us that we're clean through the word. And this is why people find it so hard to get in the word because they don't know where to start. Start with you. Because the only somebody God is uh, can uh, change is you. People can't change other people. That's if we let him. So what are your problems? Are, is fear a problem for you? Then find some Bible verses about fear. Is anxiety a problem for you? Then find some Bible verses about fear. God tells us to cast our cares upon him. But but more than anything, we have to, that's when we're spending time through prayer, through the word, through praise, through worship, that's when we're spending time with God. We we quite going to, to the building and spending time with God. That's all. I mean, really, is that the only time you spend with your husband? You only him to get 30 minutes to an hour a day, a week? That's not fellowship. That's not relationship. That's us coming together corporately. You know, every joint supplying a need. There's corporate worship, and then we have to have our own individual. We're talking about our own individual relationship with Christ. Now, during this pandemic, if you didn't have a relationship with Christ, a lot of people fell off because they were just used to going to the building. But we have to have a lifestyle. Uh, being a, a, a disciple is Jesus Christ, is a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a lifestyle, an everyday lifestyle. It's not, you know, my religious duty, and then I'm going to go back to doing what I want to do. No. When we hear the word, the Bible says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. So this word that we're hearing today, God expects for us to act on it. Because when we don't act on the word, the parable of the sword tells us that Satan comes, he comes to steal it. And when we don't understand the word, he steals it. That's why Proverbs tells us. And all our getting gets some understanding. Because without understanding, we cannot have faith to believe what the word says, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But if I don't understand the word of God, then I can't have faith for the word of God. So in all of your getting, get some understanding. Yes, wisdom is the principal thing. It's going to tell me how to do what I know. So that's why I ask the question, do you know how to do what you know? And as mature as we think we are, a lot of times we're just quoting Bible scriptures and we really don't have a good understanding of what it means. So I'm going to plug my books in here. Pick up my Bible study, guys. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. 
Um, we need to get a, we need to go because it's line upon line and precept upon precept. When you finish, not about memorizing, you're not going to have to memorize the Bible verse because when you finish with all those questions in that, you're going to know that whole story. You're going to know the whole entire story and you're going to know what it has to do with your life. We have to see ourselves in the day. So we don't start looking at it from a carnal perspective like, oh, it's a book with a lot of good stories. I'm trying to stick, I'm, I'm going to flow wherever the Holy Spirit tells me. But we're going to come back to this. How do we, uh, so the, the things of the world, it steals the word. When we start losing our desire for God, it's because we're craving the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes of pride of life, the job that he gave us, those things that he gave us. Now we ain't got time to go to church because we're so busy watching that big screen TV he gave us or that card, watching that card that he gave I don't know, whatever it is. Whatever takes the place of God in our lives. Are we so busy that gave us the baby? Now, now we got the kids. We ain't got time for God. We pray for the kids. He blessed us. Now, now our kids don't become our God. Or we don't become our own God. Come on now. I don't know. What's your golden calf? We, what's, what, what is it in your life? If you don't have a hunger for God, if your fire has gone out, there's no condemnation. But what we um, we have to face the truth. We have to conf- admit it before we can quit it. If we don't see anything wrong, there's no need for repentance, right? But that's just, that's the pride of life. We all have issues. We all have things in our life. We're, none of us have arrived yet. So that tells me the fact that we're still here means we're not perfect. Because when you're perfect, there's no need for you in the earth anymore. So whatever it is, is it a boyfriend, a husband, a kids, jobs, car, food, shopping, money? What is it? Religion? Religion? That, that, uh, that thing is coming down because religion has a form of godliness, but it don't, it, it, but uh, it, it denies the power. Martha, if I had to use an example, Martha, I, want, I like to use that one. She was so busy working for God that she didn't have any time to worship God. Let's not get caught up in the works. Make sure uh, whatever it is that you're doing, that's what God is telling you to do. And you're just not doing, just doing a whole bunch of stuff. That you don't have time to do what God has asked you to do. Let's not be a busybody doing everybody else's business and we're not doing God's business. And it can be a good thing. It was a good thing that Martha was in the kitchen cooking. That was a good thing. But it wasn't a God thing. And I don't know about you. I don't want to waste my time on good things. I want them to be God things. Because when it's a God thing, that's when the anointing of God is on it. So whatever, stick with it. A person that's into everything is just scattered. They're all over the place. Listen here. God wants us to be single-eyed. He wants us to be single-minded. Single-hearted. So let's, uh, let's get back on topic here. What is your golden calf? When the people, when Moses left the, the, the children of Israel and went up on the mountain for 40 days... He was gone for a while. And they said, Aaron, go on and build us a God. Let's make us a God. When you can't sense God or you can't feel God or you can't see God, did you go make you a God? What takes the place? Well, that board, that feeling, we should never be bored as believers. It's too much work to do. How can, it's so much work that God wants to do in you. We are the main subject of our own life story. We should be growing. God wants us to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. How do we, we have to eat in order to grow? The same way we have to eat in the natural is the same way we have to eat spiritually. There's no condemnation. 
I'm just sharing this with you because we're gonna we finna get delivered here. I promise you, at the end of this mess, it's coming in here. So we said that the things of the world, because it, it says it here, right? In first John two, please read first John two, fifteen through seventeen. It talks about and, and, and this world is fading away. The things that we're craving, that car, that house, that job, that all that stuff is fading away. The only thing, that's why he says, set your affections on things above, which is eternal, not things below, which are temporal. Because why? Because things that are temporal are going to fade away. And, and everything that we own on earth is on lease anyway. Because when we die, we can't take none of it with us. I'm not preaching against things. I'm, ta- I'm preaching against worshiping things. I'm saying, what is it in your life that's taking you away from Jesus Christ? What is it that's still in your time? Whatever takes the place of God in our lives. Whatever it takes, whatever takes the time of God in our life. We say, well, I don't have time to read. Okay, we say that. I don't have time to spend with God. Okay, so look at what you do have time for. Because that thing that you do have time for, that's the golden calf. There's no condemnation because we finna tear down these idols in the name of Jesus. And I'm excited about this. So, He says, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So our goal is not to be doing good things. Our goal is to do God things. Because when we're doing God things, then we're going to be desiring the things of God. Okay, so temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drags us away. These desires or cravings give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is uh, uh, um, allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. That's how temptation uh, works. The devil is just tempting us with what's already in us. We're going to change our heart desires by delighting ourselves in the Lord and seeking first the kingdom of God, getting in pursuit of the things of God. No, the flesh don't want to read. No, the flesh, but we have to discipline our flesh the same way we try to discipline our children's flesh. That's how we got to discipline our flesh and say, look here, no, you won't do this. But how many of you know that the Bible says God resists the proud? So what's proud? Proud is when we say, God, I'm not going to acknowledge you. I don't care what you want. I'm going to do what I want. That's pride, but that's also rebellion. Okay, rebellion is equal to the sin of witchcraft because what we're doing is we're putting our will above God's will. And anything that overrides our will is demonic. Okay, that's what the devil wants to do. So when we're overriding God's will, that's what practicing witchcraft, we don't forget what you say. We're going to have things our way. Stay right here. Don't go nowhere because I'm telling you, the spirit of the living God is getting ready to set you free and delivered. And that hunger and that desire that we lost, God is getting ready to give us our passion. We're getting ready to renew our vows, renew our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because we're definitely going to have to, our soul is going to have to be anchored and tied down in the Lord. For this, this is a turbulent time. We're in the last days. These are perilous, evil times. And um, we're going to need to know how to discern, to distinguish good and evil, know how to do all this stuff in this season. And we're going to have to know, we're going to have to be in tech and have that relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not going to be able to casually date him, you know, see him every now and then. or whenever. He's not going to be our friends with benefits. We're going to have a real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We can say, you know what? Jesus is my Lord. And it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I am going to hold on to him. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. I spend time with God at home, not just in the building, not just on Sunday and Wednesday, but at home in our everyday personal life. We, As disciples of Jesus Christ, this is a daily lifestyle. We're called to live Christ-like. We're finna get the devil out of our lives, and we're going to be God-conscious, 
And we're going to be sober and alert. So when the adversary do come around, we're going to recognize, hold on, that's not God, because we're going to be discerning. Because the more time we spend in God's word, that's how we know his good, acceptable, and perfect will, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. As we renew our mind, renewing our mind is going to change us. It's going to change our way of thinking, and it's going to change our way of living. And renewing our mind is also how we're going to change our heart desires. We have to spend time in the word of God. Everything comes back to who, to God. Everything comes back to his word. God and his word is one. Relationship, relationship, relationship. So the devil, um, so uh, he's only attempting us with what's already inside of us. Remember Jesus told the devil, he said, the evil one has no place in me. Why? The devil, there was no sin in Jesus because he wasn't born into sin. So the evil one had no place in him. But the devil has place in us because because of our sinful nature, because we was born into, into sin. And this is why the Bible, Romans, talks to us about the war between the flesh and the spirit. Now, uh, to love the world is enmity against God. You guys remember, the love the world, whoever is a friend of the world is an enemy to God. Why? When he say world, he's not talking about unsaved people. This is what he's talking about. When he's talking about, you, don't you know to love the world, to be friends with the world, is to be an enemy with God? Why? Why? The lust of the flesh is against God. The lust of the eyes is against God. And the pride of life is against God. We finna go into it. We're going to look at the, t- uh, in the, in the beginning. Um, so the devil's mode of operation, the three doors again, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride of life. These are three doors that he gave. These are the three doors of temptation, right? When the very first sin was ever committed in Genesis three and one through seven, where the serpent came to tempt um, Eve in the garden to eat from the tree, um, he enticed her. He enticed her with the lust of the flesh. Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Please read that. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle, more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He he said to the woman, Did God really say? Listen here. This is why doubt is opposite to faith. Because when the devil comes, he's always coming with an if or 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 a did. He's trying to place doubt. He's trying to place reasonable doubt. Isn't that what the defense attorney tries to do in a case? He's trying to place reasonable doubt, trying to twist stuff. The serpent was more crafty. And and then, so here he goes in, in Genesis 3 and 1. He said, did God really say, I'm reading the NLT, you must not eat from the tree in the garden. And then the woman said to the serpent, so she knew the word. How can, I did a Bible study. Can you know the word of God and still be deceived? Yes. Because he tricked her out of the truth. She she gave him too much time. She gave him too much attention. We don't want to focus our attention on the devil. We want to be God conscious and focus our conscious on the Lord. Because when we when you focus on what's real, you'll recognize what's false. <laughs> you don't have to study the fake. You can study what's real. Uh, someone said to a counterfeiter once, I bet you study a lot of fake money. He said, nah, I study what's real. So when I, I recognize what's false when I see it. Because I'm so familiar with the real. So uh, set your mind, your affections on things above, spending time on the Lord, spending time with his word, spending time in the truth. So when you spend time in the truth, you're going to recognize a lie when you hear it. So here comes the woman. The, the serpent said, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? And then the woman said to the serpent, she's quote what God said to her. So she's quoting the word. We must, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, here she goes, she's finna quote what he said. She's quoting the word. You know, we can quote the word. We can be well versed. She knew the word. But, but, 
but God did say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You see how the devil took the word and tried to twist it. And when we don't know the word of God, and he's still doing that. He's doing it in the pulpits. He's doing it everywhere. He's doing it when he's t- with your neighbor across the street or whoever. The devil takes the word of God and twists it. He said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree? You see how he took the word and twisted it? Any tree. You can't eat. The devil said you can't eat from any tree. And the woman said, no, that's not what he said. She quoted the word back. This is the word war. When the devil comes with the word, we come back to him with the word. This is how, this is warfare. This is, you can't, without knowing the word, you have no weapon. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The word of God is our weapon of warfare. We cannot fight. So if we don't know the word, then then we're we're in a, that's why we're living defeated in a lot of areas of our lives. Look at the areas in your life where there's an addiction, a stronghold, a bondage. Um, You know, those areas that we're just stuck in don't seem like we can overcome. Those are areas in our lives with their stronghold mindsets. Those are areas in our lives where the devil has set up camp, whether it's in your marriage, your children. You know, you could be running really well in all in this area, but this area over here is just a mess. You don't have faith for healing. You don't have faith for finances. You don't have faith for marriage, but you have faith for, for church. You have faith for, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm just saying whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but I know we all got something. Okay, so... What, where's those stronghold mindsets? As we begin to renew our mind, we t- we tear down the enemy camp. We tear down those stronghold mindsets. Every area in our lives where there's an addiction, a stronghold, a bondage, where we're stuck. That's the area in our lives where we're believing a devil's lie. Those are the areas we want to concentrate and you put the word of God in place of it. We talked about this earlier in my earlier podcast, replacing the devil lies with God's truth. I'm not going to go back into that, but go look in, in our earlier podcast and the title is replacing the devil lie with God's truth. And it's talking about, this is warfare. The word of God is our weapon of warfare. For the word of God is powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It is a designer of the thoughts. It knows the intents of the heart. It, it, it divides between the, the flesh and the spirit. Uh, he's going to let you know what's God and what's not. It can, and, and it can, it is a designer of thoughts. The gifts of the spirit will operate through the words of the, uh, through God's word. God never speak outside of his word. If he gives you a word of knowledge, it's going to be in line with the word. If he, if he gives you, if you operate in the revelatory gifts, the word of knowledge, the prophetic gift, um, the word of, um, the designing of spirits, those are revelatory gifts. These are gifts that let you see stuff and know stuff. So when the devil sit up and say, well, you nobody knows what's in a man's heart. You're right. But the spirit of God, no man knows the spirit of a man except the spirit. The Holy Spirit, like Jesus was saying, he knew their thoughts. We're not talking about uh, mind readers and all that stuff. We, we're not talking about mind over the matter. We're talking about God over the matter. We're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can give us words of knowledge, words of wisdom discerning of the spirit and he can help us to be able to know stuff okay so i'm i'm finna try to round this up here real quick so let's uh so eve came back and told the serpent what it was what the god really did say so she was quoting the word she was well versed she knew the bible scriptures and stuff so you know that's why i'm saying it's not just enough um we got to have a real relationship with jesus christ 
because she shouldn't have been up there conversing with the serpent in the first place. I don't want to get into all of that, but I'm just touching on this just to show you the three doors in which the enemy came into. So he began to have conversation with her and she began to converse with him and he would say something and she would come back and tell him, no, that, that's not what God said. She knew the word, but yet she was still deceived. You can know the word and still be deceived. So read Genesis 1. Genesis 1, chapter 1 through 7. And finish that story. But you're going to see as she began to say, as she began to say, um, forgot, okay, let's go on and finish with this. But then she came back and told the serpent, Genesis 3, 1. It's 1 through 7. But God, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But she began to tell him, no, but God did say, you must not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. He took the word out. And then and then she, she, she was saying, no, he didn't say you couldn't have none of it. He said you could, but you can't eat from the one in the middle. And then, he, and then, then the serpent comes back. This is, what, this is the battlefield. We're in a word war. We're in a word war. We can't, we have to think about, we have to, uh, can't, we can't let our mind run aimlessly. We got to take our thoughts captive and cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of, one, of God. This is spiritual warfare, the battlefield of the mind. This is where it's all going down. Why well, we have to cast down those evil imaginations because those thoughts, those evil thoughts, thoughts are things, those things the devil's putting in our mind. Go back and listen to those prior services. Um, my episodes on my podcast replacing the devil's lie I'm not trying to get all into that right now but I'm really just here so I can uh, show you the doorways the three the lust of the the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and the pride of life then he goes on to say for God knows that when you eat from it you you know your eyes will be open he, he wanted her to convince her that she was missing out on something and this is how temptation is like a seducing spirit you know, like when you're being seduced by a man or being seduced by a woman, it's the same type of seduction. That's why if you read this story, well, it, it, it's spiritual adultery. That's exactly what it is. And we have committed spiritual adultery. There's no condemnation. But when we allow the devil to seduce us and to trick us and to turn our focus away from God, from the thing of things of God to the things of the world, we commit spiritual adultery. We, we run off and leave our God to serve another God. There's no condemnation. Hold on. Stay right here. Wait a minute. Because he's. I'm telling you, the truth is getting ready to set you free. Uh, who the Son set free is free indeed. And the Word of God is the power of God. And as he imparts this spiritual realm of word, we're getting ready to be delivered and set free. Hold on. Stay right here. Don't go nowhere. We're talking about how temptation works. It, it, it starts with the thought. The devil, he puts the thought in our mind. But he's tempting us with what's already inside of us. So we change our desires by delighting ourselves in the in the uh, in the Word of God, and by renewing our mind, reading the Word of God, pray prayer. We change our way of thinking. We change our way of living. Right? We change our way of behavior. That's all part of the process of uh, uh, changing our heart desires because that's where he's tempting us with. He's tempting us. A man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own heart desire. Okay, so then, uh, um, and then the woman saw, okay, he, he done convinced her that God is trying to keep something away from her. Listen, I'm, the reason I'm reading this story because I want to show you how temptation works. I always say that if you want to know how something works, go to how I first started. So this was the first 
sin of temptation, right? So look look at the process here. I'm, I'm trying to I'm reading a story because I know you guys all think we know the story, but no, we're gonna go behind the scenes and we're, we're uh, that's we're gonna dissect it. So that's what we're doing here. So look at the steps. He came and he tempted her. He started talking to her. She didn't cast down the imagination, so she entertained the spirit instead of casting it out. She sat there and talked to it, but she was trying to fight for a minute because she came back and told him what God said. Okay, cause so she was well versed. You say, well, how can you be in church all these years and still be doing this? This is how it works. This is how it happens. She did not cast down the imagination. She's still entertaining it. So verse five, the devil's trying to, this is what Satan comes to do. This is how temptation works. The devil wants us to believe that we're missing out on something. You need, you, if you want joy, you need to get high. If you want joy, you need to get peace. If you want love, you need to have, go find someone to do this with or to do that with or go spend money eat this comfort food you want peace eat some comfort food he's always trying to cause us to find a substitute he's always trying to get us to look outside of God because he wants us to think that well everything that we need is not in God he wants us to feel like we're missing out on something he wants us to feel like God is trying to hold out on something good and then because here you go this is his next step read Genesis 1 and 7 And now I want you to look at it, at how she was tempted. I want you to go deeper into the story and look at the moving, all the moving parts, all the manipulation that the devil used to tempt Eve. So he went on and said, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. And then, okay, she gave into that thinking God was keeping her from something good. She didn't know she was already like God. She didn't know who she was in Christ. And when we don't know who we are in Christ, the devil can can um, uh, can tempt us also, you know, to do things that's contrary against God because we don't we are we don't know that we're heirs and joint heirs and everything Christ has we have we're entitled to it that we're sitting in heavenly places we have to know who we are. So she didn't know who she was. She didn't know that she was already like God. She didn't know that she was already created in His image and likeness. She didn't know that she would. I mean that. They didn't even have to work at the sweat of their brow at that time. She didn't know that everything that she needed, she already had. Because she had can't, the devil wants us to grow discontent. And he wants us to mumble and grumble and complain so we can't see everything that God has given us. We can't see the good thing around the good things around us. So that he wants us to draw us out of our place of contentment so we can start chasing after the things of the world. But she had everything that she need. God created the man and woman in his own image and likeness and set them in his garden and said, look, you can have everything, but just don't touch the tree. Don't touch the tin. Don't touch the tree. I've given you everything. God is saying the same thing to us. I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. You are partakers of my very divine nature. You are heirs and joint heirs to the kingdom of God. I've given you my power to tread upon serpents. There's everything that you need to succeed is already inside of you. You don't have to go anywhere outside of yourself. You don't have to try to pretend to be nothing or no one else because you're not going to be effective that way. See, everything that you need is in you. Everything that you need to succeed, I put in you already. You don't have to go outside of yourself to try to get nothing else. It's in you. Ask me for wisdom and I will show you. I will show you where to go. Acknowledge me in all your ways so I can direct your path. I created you. I made you. I am your Alpha and Omega. I'm the author and the of your faith. I'm omnipotent. I'm omnipresent. I'm everywhere at the same time. I'm trying to end it here. So I'm just saying, go through Genesis chapter one and now look at it with a set of fresh eyes. 
And so as we become aware of the devil's process, we can be aware of when he's trying, when, when he's trying to bring it, uh, you know, cause it to happen to us. But she said, for, for God knows when you eat, the serpent says, you will be like God knowing good for me. When the woman saw, look at this, verse six, Genesis one, verse six, it says, here it is. He not he not he done tempt her. She didn't cast down evil imagination. So now she's already losing. She done lost her desire for God. She done lost her desire. Now she's in a whole new pursuit. She's in a whole new pursuit now because the devil done convinced her that she need more of this to have more of that. And she need more of this. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, make sure that it's God that's telling you to chase after these things, to go do this and to go do that. Make sure it's God telling you to do it. And that's not just where you're going to do it because of your own lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride of life. Oh, if I do this, then it's going to make me like this. Oh, if I do that, it's going to, oh, if I do this, no, make sure the Bible says those who are the sons of God, that's maturity, are led by the spirit of God. Okay. So here it is. Now, all one through five, he worked on her. Verse six is set in because now she's no longer designed God. It says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing, the lust of the flesh, it was good for food, okay? She saw that the fruit, she started uh, desiring the fruit of the tree that God had told. He made her believe that what God was, what she was starting to call good evil. When we start calling good evil, I'm telling you, we're going to begin, we're backsliding. We're starting to lose our desire for the things of God. So she started looking at it. Instead of casting it down, she started meditating and focusing on it. And she saw that the fruit was good for food. And then that's the lust of the flesh. Okay, she started lusting after it. Then it was pleasing to the eyes, the lust of the eyes. I'm telling you, the devil mode of operation is always the same. Whenever you see sin in any story, look at the story between David and Bathsheba. Look at Samson and Goliath. You're going to always find these three characteristics playing. Anytime we sin, look in our lives. You're going to find it. It's going to be there. This is how the devil, when he, whenever we're tempted, this is the process. Understanding how temptation works. That's the title of my chapter here. Understanding how, tem- this is how it works. So here she is. We see the lust of the flesh, right? She saw that it was good for food and pleasing to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, the pride of life. And she took it and ate it. And that's how the devil tricked her out of the truth. He used those three doors of temptation. She was drawn away from the W-O-R-D by the things of the W-O-R-L-D. She lost her desire for the things of God. And she just started desiring the things of the world. So she departed from the faith and began to chase after the things of the world, piercing herself with many sorrows. She backslid and experienced spiritual death. That's what being backslidden is. I'm going to end it here. I have more to the story, but I'm, we're going to, I'm a, I'm going to end it here in just one second. I want you to go back and read Genesis because the, there's nothing new. The Ecclesiastes said there's nothing new under the sun. What's going on now has already been done. You know, though the situation and circumstances may be a little different. The devil's mode of operation is still just like Jesus said. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. The devil is still up to the same no good thing. He comes to steal first because if he could take the word, he could steal our faith. He comes to kill. Without faith, you can't have no vision, no nothing. And he comes to destroy. Uh, He can destroy everything if we don't have faith. If he can steal our faith, he can kill our vision, he kill our vision. 
He destroys us. Now we're like a man without a vision, casting off restraints for a while. I'm going to end it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged. Come back in tomorrow so we can listen to part two. And um, that's going to end here. Make sure you share this podcast. You guys be blessed and be encouraged.